0: Here we go. What's up, y'all? I am Chris Jobson. This is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the fantasy headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am, of course, joined by the man himself, Chris Kennedy. What's going on, buddy? How are we doing?
1: I am doing well, sir. You know, we're, it's a lovely Tuesday. The weather down here is starting to warm up a little bit, which is nice. You know, I'm gonna get out there and play a little bit of golf this week. So I can't complain.
0: Man, that's nice. That's nice. Look at you living the dream. You know, I mean, so somebody's got to, so why not me? <laughs> why not you? Why not you? <laughs> Speaking of golf, this isn't football related, but we did see today a little breaking news. Mr. Tiger Woods, we got to touch on this a little bit. Mr. Tiger Woods, he's in a bad car wreck today. A uh, car we saw flipped over on the on the freeway or highway, whatever he was on, and they had to get the jaws of life to get him out of that thing. Surgery on his legs. Extremely sad news. Chris, I know you're a golf guy, man. How you feeling about this?
1: It's tough. I mean... Um, so I've seen a few interviews from, from players that are actually preparing for this week's, uh, WGC tournament. And it's, you know, we've heard from Justin Thomas, uh, who, who said, you know, and I quote, you know, I'm sick to my stomach and quote, and he's very good friends and has become close friends with Tiger Woods, uh, Tony Finau, another guy who, uh, who actually lost in a playoff this past weekend. And, and he was saying how. You know, if anyone can bounce back from this, it's Tiger because he has not only the physical strength, but the mental, mental strength to do it. You know, all the players on tour, their, their thoughts and prayers are going out to Tiger and his family. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because for somebody who has in, in his professional sport has had the highest of highs and also at the same time, the lowest of lows, and we've been there for the entire ride, you know, it's been well-documented all throughout and, you know, and then for him to come back a couple of years ago and win the masters Mm. and the fashion that he did it. in it's, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, okay, tiger's back. And with this, in this accident that he had, you know, uh, it was reported that he had a compound leg fracture and a shattered ankle. And between all the back surgeries and uh, an ACL surgery, he's had as well on top of, and you put this leg injury on top of that, it's very difficult to see somebody at his age come back from that and still be able to continue at a competitive level. Now, I think there's still a good chance that he goes maybe, you know, in a few years and plays on the champions tour, uh, you know, with, with those that are at a certain age in their career. Mm-hmm. But as far as being on the PGA tour, I think it'd be tough for him to come back from this and, and actually compete and be in contention, you know, on a Saturday or Sunday.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, how old is tiger now? He's got to be in his forties, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure on his exact age, but I believe it's his early 40s. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's such a tough one. I mean, he's such an icon uh granted like you said i mean okay you know all the indiscretions aside but that was more personal than it was you know going uh, doing some criminal activity i mean that was the, all the personal stuff and i thought you know that was blown up uh i don't want to say out of proportion but i mean it, w- it wasn't for us to dissect that was his own personal life and and whatever it was but i mean to see this guy go into this car act uh, the car wreck that he had i mean I don't know, man. I'm praying for him. I hope he turns out well. I hope the surgeries come out good and he's he's fine. Because I mean, we don't need to see another another icon drop in, in 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 what's been a pretty crappy year and a bit now, but with COVID and everything. I just I hate seeing this type of stuff. That's why I bring it up. I mean, uh, prayers are out to you, Tiger. I mean, uh, I hope you recover to full.
1: Absolutely. And and first and foremost, I mean, he's he's okay. Like he's going to recover. You know, he's he's you know because just around this time last year we had the tragedy with Kobe Bryant. That's right. You know, when, when people hear, you know, car crash with Tiger Woods, you automatically, unfortunately, think the worst. You know, that's kind of where your mindset goes towards. And, you know, so obviously, you know, not a good situation, but he's going to be okay. He's going to recover. And whether or not he plays golf, like he's still going to go down in history as one of the top three
0: greatest golfers of all time. Absolutely, no question about it. He was, he was, man. I, I wasn't even a golf guy, and when he was wearing the red, going in Augusta, man, I, I was even tuning in to watch. I mean, yeah. who wasn't? He, he made golf cool, and and we gotta, we gotta give it out to Tiger. I mean, he
1: hopefully. popularized the sport. He's literally Absolutely. the reason why people of our generation play golf. It's because true. of Tiger Woods. He's, he is ninety nine percent the reason why.
0: I still don't play golf very well. I'm I'm at the driving range doing Happy Gilmore, but I mean, <laughs> at least he got me in the in the range trying the thing, right?
1: You know, when people ask me, they're like, oh, you play golf? And it's like, well, I, I play golf, but I don't play golf well. Like I'm out there and I'm just hacking at the ball however I
0: can. <laughs> <laughs> My handicap is not even being able to be counted. That's how bad I am. Yeah, exactly. Big news, buddy. We dropped some big news on Sunday. For those of you that don't know, who aren't on Twitter, that didn't see it, Headliner U is coming. This is exciting times, Chris. We are expanding. The Fantasy Headliners are expanding. We are going to be providing a new channel called Headliner U, the College Football 101. This is where... Me, yours truly, Chris Kennedy, perhaps a couple others are going to be coming on to this thing as well. And we're going to dissect all the rookies, scouting, grading, mock drafts. I mean, it's going to be glorious, man. I've been doing scouting for quite some time now. This is kind of my wheelhouse more than than a lot of other topics, but I love the scouting. I love uh, the prospect evaluation. I love grinding film. I mean, I'm just a film junkie big time. I mean, I'm excited, Chris, man. You excited about this? I'm
1: excited because this is going to be my first year actually diving into the scouting and really looking at tape and, and kind of picking it apart. So, you know, where you've been doing this for for much, much longer than I have, you know, I'm going to be kind of following your lead, but it's going to be exciting to, you know, not only learn from you, but also to kind of just look at at scouting from a completely different angle than what I've ever done before. So I'm, I'm really excited for Headliner U and I really do hope that, uh, that Headliner Nation is ready for what's coming.
0: Yeah man it's it's going to be great and and the thing is I mean okay I get it you know a lot of the people they like to do fantasy football and then when the season's over they they kind of shut it down until probably the the July you know August they start yep. coming back and 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 this is kind of the 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 misconception I want to remove I mean okay you don't have to be in it 100% 365 like we are but Everything correlates. That's why I love all this stuff, man. The scouting, the team profiles, like understanding free agency and how that team dynamic is going to go. That's where I get my juices going, because the build is what gets the product on the field. And, and, and you know, scouting is just even one of those things that you're never going to be 100 percent on it all the time. I mean, you're going to miss. And, and that's just like, look, NFL teams and general managers miss all the time. But I mean, to actually understand what you're seeing, what you're looking at, and you start trusting your own eye and you say, yeah, you know what? I really like how this guy plays. And when they actually succeed, oh, that that, that just makes it glorious, that much better. And we're here to, to provide all that information for everybody at Headliner Nation. Nothing else, Chris?
1: No, I got nothing. You, you, you said it so well, I just I was speechless.
0: Beautiful. One thing <laughs> that sucks. We don't have the combine. This was supposed to be combine week. I'm upset about that because it was going to be glorious to see these guys. Yes. It's in shorts. Yes. It's like a track meet, but uh, this was one of the things I was kind of talking to you about and kind of feeding off the headliner you type of deal is that the the scouting combine. Yes, we do get the numbers for the evaluation tools, but I see a lot of these guys movements when it comes to the combine. And that's what I was excited for. Now we're not going to have it. We're going to have to pay attention to pro days, which are going to be coming in March, I believe. So uh, get ready for that as well. But, just uh, I, I digress. I mean, let's 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 jump into real football right now. Franchise tag day, buddy.
1: Yeah, tomorrow, today. I thought it was tomorrow that it, that it was when they could start franchise tagging. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe you're right.
0: Either way, franchise tag day is coming. We're gonna see mm-hmm. this landscape start moving. Let's talk about some franchise tags potential, Kenny Galladay. Do yep. you think he's going to get tagged? I'm seeing a lot of stuff saying that he is going to be tagged and potentially traded for a second round pick. you think this is going to happen? See, I I,
1: I agree with the with the tag and trade option. As far as the, if they were to tag and keep him, I completely don't agree with it. If I'm the if I'm the Lions, just because they do look, look like, like they're in rebuild mode, and I think that you know, you know, with with somebody like Kenny Galladay. You, you can get a, a, like you said, you know, a pretty good price for him. You know, second round pick is nothing to, nothing to sneeze at. Um, so I think that it's, it's fine of a move. Um, I hate, I don't like it for Kenny Galladay just because, you know, you would like to kind of see him pick a team that he wants to go to. Mm-hmm. But from the, from the lion's standpoint, yeah, it makes more sense for them to do it because at least that way, they're able to get some sort of an asset in return and not just let him walk away, for, you know, and get nothing back.
0: So if he is tagged by the lions and he stays, you don't like it with Jared Goff at all.
1: I don't just cause I don't like Jared Goff. Okay. I just, I don't believe in him to be honest with you. Um, Fair he's, he's, he's one of those quarterbacks where he gets a little bit of pressure and he crumbles, you know, he just, he can't stand in the pocket. He can't, he just doesn't make the right reads for me. Um, and with Kenny Gauley, that tag though, that tag's going to be around 18 million. So that's the the average of the top five salaries of among wide receivers in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and on a, on a year where caps is, cap money is going to be hard to find. I mean, <laughs> they better have a, a, a suitor in a trade before they tag him. Otherwise that's going to be a problem. A-Rob is in the same uh, category They're They're talking tag and trade for A-Rob as well. Alan Robinson for those. Um, but I mean, where do you want to see Allen go? I, this is we, We've talked about Robinson a little bit, but now it's going to start coming to fruition here. Where do you really want to see Alan Robinson land if he is tagged and traded or if he just goes and finds his own club?
1: I mean, there are so many teams out there that could use, you know, number one, a, a number one receiver or a 1B receiver, you know. Um, and I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna start putting out, you know, teams like there, like like Arizona, you know, you put him mm. with the DeAndre Hopkins, give Kyler Murray another weapon, Josh Allen in Buffalo, you know, put him oh. with Stefan Diggs. Oh my hell, Lamar Lamar Jackson could use a number one wide receiver, you know. That's I mean, true. you can you can just keep going down the list of teams. And with Allen Robinson, where he is a top ten receiver in this league, there—I mean—you pretty much could have your pick of the litter because there's no team in the NFL that is going to look at him and be like, no, 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 we're good at wide receiver, we don't need you, A. Rob. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it, man, when you're talking A. Rob to Buffalo, I would—I almost wet my pants, man. Unbelievable, <laughs> that would be. I think it's interesting. I really do. I think A. Rob deserves to be in a situation where he—he he has a capable passer there's something inside of me in the from everything that I'm reading and inside of my gut that is telling me that he is kind of waiting on this Deshaun Watson thing. Either I'm if, right there with you. You know, if, if Deshaun goes to like say Miami or New York, I think that A-Rob's going to follow. The difference is that if uh, it, it seemed, we saw Deshaun Watson talk about his teams that he's open to go to is Miami, the jets, and then Carolina. He's only narrowed it down to those three that I've seen so far. If, if, if Deshaun goes to Carolina, then I think that's kind of going to be out. I think A-Rob won't – there won't be enough room for, for them to sign A-Rob with DJ and, and – uh, uh, what's his name there? Uh, Speedy Man. Oh, with Robbie
1: Anderson. Robbie because, Anderson. Because right now, Carolina is doing whatever they can to shed cap space to try to make room – for a Deshaun Watson contract.
0: Yes, they are, man. I love it. Everything they're doing right now, they're almost $40 million under the cap right now. And if it is a CMC deal with, with picks, so we've talked about this, I mean, it's going to come quick. I, I guarantee you after these tags start happening, we might see a Deshaun Watson trade right around the free agent period. I think uh, the new league year starts and that's how it's going to be.
1: I mean, if, if we do see a, a Deshaun Watson trade, it's going to have to happen before the draft because that's where the Texans are going to get the most value back for him.
0: Totally agree. Absolutely, I think they're going to want to do it before the free agent market opens. I think yeah. if, if we wait, I think it's going to be likely the three, four days before. Kind of like uh, we saw. No, Alex Smith was done earlier than that, but I mean, it's it's going to be around there. I think when when we see uh, Watson traded, but what about Dak? What about Dak Prescott? Because I saw, I saw a rumor today, I saw reports today that said that the Dallas Cowboys are eager and and, and they really want to ex- do this extension right now with him, meaning that he likely won't get the tag from the Dallas Cowboy ownership perspective. But I don't know, man, Dak, I, he might say no to these contracts they're pulling out again this year.
1: I mean, all right, so this is the thing, is that he doesn't he, – he actually has more leverage than I think people – think that he has. And I say that because when you look at where the Cowboys are picking and when you look at what the free agency class is looking like for for quarterbacks, I mean, how many franchise quarterbacks of tax, you know, of the, the caliber of talent that he has, are you going to be able to find either A in the draft or B in free agency? Like you're not going to make a trade for Deshaun Watson. Like you're, you're pretty much out of the picture for that. So if I'm the Cowboys, yeah. Like I'd be okay with throwing the money that Dak wants at him because yes, he had that injury last year, but for the most part, he's been healthy his entire career. He's a dual threat quarterback. And we've seen that this offense is head and shoulders better than what they are without him. It's the defense that they need to work on. And that's what they need to do through the draft and free agency. Pay Dak his money. Cause he's going to put up the points that you need. He's going to make Ezekiel Elliott that top five running back in the league that we didn't see this past year after he went out in week four. So if I'm the Cowboys, I'm paying him. I don't care if I'm tagging him, I'm giving the extension, I'm paying Dak Prescott. Yeah,
0: it's I I really wonder. I was sitting there looking at the contracts that they were uh, offering before tag or before he went down with his injury before the season started. I, I I you know, it's interesting because the tag is still a very high high number for a quarterback. Um and Dallas is kind of cap strapped. So, you know, wouldn't it be insane? And, and would it be out of the question, am I reaching way too far to suggest that Dallas tags Dak Prescott and tries to pull a deal with the Houston Texans to get to Sean Watson?
1: I wouldn't hate it. I mean, it, you're, it's, you're, you're upgrading yourself at the quarterback position by by a little bit. I mean, I personally think that Sean Watson is a top three, top four quarterback in the league, you know, as far as a talent perspective is and Dak Prescott. I'd say he's borderline top five, maybe outside of the top five. So if you can get yourself with Deshaun Watson, you're certainly upgrading yourself by a bit there. And, and if you can save yourself a little bit of money, then I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I like it too. I, I doubt it'll happen, but I like speculating. I think... No, I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, if, if Dallas could find a way to maneuver, and you're talking they want players and picks, I mean, Dallas's offense has got some players. I mean, yeah, you throw in Amari Cooper with Dak Prescott in the first, maybe two first-round picks, I think that would get it done. And, and your team would really be no worse for wear with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. And then you hit the draft and maybe get another guy or are you go in free agency, get a, another wide receiver, man. You never know. This team could, if I'm, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm getting on the phone.
1: Yeah. I, and like you said, like with, with Amari Cooper's contract, they can get out of that fairly easily, you know? Um, so yeah, if you threw in, say, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and then I'd say maybe a first, you know, that, those three right there for, for Deshaun Watson, if I'm Houston, I'm taking it.
0: Yeah, I would take it too. And I would the problem
1: with Houston, though, is that Houston is one of those other like they're handcuffed by the salary cap right now. Like they have no money whatsoever. So it'd be interesting to see what they could do to kind of move things around. Yeah, that's totally true as
0: well. Since we've been on the show, we saw Carson Wentz. We talked about the potential of Carson Wentz getting traded, and then it foregoes, and he is now an Indianapolis Colt. We had uh, previous discussions on him potentially being that locker room problem. We saw the news reports coming out that he hadn't spoken with coach Doug Peterson for what, seven or eight weeks last season? I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. We saw Brian Westbrook, former player, talk about how uh, Carson Wentz wasn't the the type of guy in the locker room that everybody would have wanted. Then I, I saw a podcast with Chris Long. He was, he was debunking that. He was saying, no, Carson Wentz is a good guy. He's a good look locker room fit, but he did have some uh, – uh, issues at the beginning of his career which kind of divided the locker room on how people viewed him um so so the open conversation is that there is uh people that believe in Carson Wentz and his leadership and there's a lot of people in Indianapolis that don't so it's very open but the trade was for those of you obviously who know already by now it's a 2021 third round pick a conditional 2022 second round which could become a first with playing time and reaching the AFC championship if I'm not mistaken um I I like this deal. I I do. I think Carson Wentz to the Colts is is good. I don't think Carson Wentz deserves all the hatred that he got for his performance last year. I think that team was in flux. I think the entire system was broken down. I think the players weren't responding to the team anymore or to the coaching staff anymore. And, and, and a fresh look for Carson Wentz is just what the doctor ordered. He's going to have that offensive line. He's going to have talent around him. I mean, what do you think? And you've seen it the same way as me.
1: I do. I I really do. He's got the talent, um, you know, and and granted, he made a lot of really bad decisions last season, but like you said, the offensive line was just in shambles, you know, the defense wasn't any good. So, so yeah, the stack was kind of, you know, against him. you know, the deck was stacked against him a little bit there, but he did make a lot of really bad choices and, and decisions. So I can't, he, he gets his fair share of the blame, but going to Indianapolis, he gets a fresh start. You know, he gets a really good young offensive team a solid defense their secondary could improve a bit Mm -hmm. um so i'm I'm excited to see if he can turn things around and if he can stay healthy that's going to be the biggest thing too is if he can actually stay healthy he's going to be reunited with frank reich which is great um the one thing i thought was interesting was that uh his his new wide receiver michael pittman jr decided not to, to not decided not to give him number 11 And uh, and so we'll see. We'll see how many targets Michael Pittman Jr. gets in 2021.
0: (laughs) And he was emphatic about that. He says, no, I'm number 11, man. You're not taking you're not taking my number at all. This is me. I'm 11.
1: You know, what's funny, though, is that when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, Chris Scott was like, yep, I'll wear whatever number uh, you want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you you come in and this is your number. It's not mine. Yeah, this is interesting, and I mean, I get it. You know, guys, they're they're loyal to their numbers, and I mean, it was interesting to see that Michael Pittman, who is going into his second year, obviously Carson Wentz doesn't hold the same pedigree of a Tom Brady. So I get it. I yeah. mean, uh, what do you what are you what are you really gonna expect him to say? You know, yeah, I'm gonna give it to this guy, even though he hasn't proven anything, and. And and I don't know. I, I I still like it. I think what they have building right now, I, I I like Frank Reich a lot. I think he's a very good offensive coach. I think he can get he, – he's been proven that he can get the most out of Carson Wentz. So, like he said, health is going to be the biggest issue. And behind that offensive line that can basically keep his jersey clean, I mean, I like it. I, I think they – especially with uh, uh, Pittman there, I get T.Y.'s gone, but Paris is going to come back, I think – I think, you know, if they add another weapon on the wide receiver game, don't don't ever think that maybe Allen Robinson doesn't find his way to Indianapolis either.
1: Yeah. And and I mean, outside of Allen Robinson, I mean, this is a this is a super deep, talented uh, receiver class in free agency and a tight end as well. So, I mean, even if they don't get one of those top tier guys, they can still get one of the secondary guys, you know, and and still be able to make something happen. Yeah, I
0: agree. I I, I like it. I think it's a very good situation. You catch this today. You catch Aaron Jones. We're still we're in the headlines right now. Aaron Jones, you see this from NBC Sports? Mm-hmm. As far as uh his, his contract? Yeah. So they're saying that he's gonna be likely fetching 15 million dollars per year.
1: I, I saw something closer to 18 million. And, and when I saw that, I was like, oh gosh.
0: I oh no. run, yeah, I thought running backs don't matter, right? Now they're talking almost 20 mil for a running back.
1: In Green Bay, they don't matter because that's when you give Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams pretty much a 50-50 split. Yeah,
0: when that was a complete debacle. This is interesting to me, though. Now it's going to be up to the point of saying what team can afford him. Would he take a lesser deal of two years at 25? Would he do that? It's it's very interesting. You know he's going to want to capitalize, but we've seen this situation before, especially with a running back class that is looking on the ups I I don't know, man. I think he might be hard pressed to find 15 million bucks, but seeing the Miami dolphins come into play and say, we're looking for a franchise type of running back, which is, which is a very shocking statement to me because I, I, I liked what miles Gaskin and Salvin Akma did uh, this past season. I think they could, uh, they they had something there with those two guys and they could have formed a tandem. Why waste the money on Aaron Jones?
1: Well, you know, a team that likes to spend money um, on running backs that don't really, that may or may not produce, Atlanta Falcons. They love to spend money at the running back position.
0: (laughs) And uh, man, if they find ways to bring in Aaron Jones to that team, when they're on the, on the down, I I'd be shocked to just see him go. I
1: do. I do like the idea of Miami. I mean, and especially, and I know contractually and, and you know, with the salary cap and everything, it might be a little bit tight, but imagine if they were able to make a trade for Deshaun Watson and then Deshaun Watson kind of becomes that LeBron figure where he starts bringing in other talent from outside and other free agents. It's like, hey, come down to South Beach with me. Let's go win some games.
0: That's like that's like blasphemy. Don't talk yeah. that stuff to me. That's blasphemy. We don't want Miami to be stacking, but I mean, they're they're on the ups as well. I mean, they got room. It's going to be interesting. I, Aaron Jones, to me, he's a very talented back. We've seen it. I mean, he's finished as a top 10 back fantasy football-wise before he's going to do it again. I mean, given all the work and the volume that he does and, and he does well in the past game, I mean, 15 mil a year, though, that, that's, that's a little bit of a stretch. I think you know what's going to happen. It's going to turn into something like the Melvin Gordon thing where he overpriced himself and had to settle for a two-year deal worth like sixteen. Yeah.
1: You know, there, there, I mean, there are other teams that currently have free agent running backs that are pro- are going to be looking for a number one. And I'm looking at teams like the Cardinals, the Seahawks with Chris Carson, James Connor is a free agent in Pittsburgh. You know, they could obviously use somebody depending on where these other, and, it, and that's going to be the biggest thing is, you know, what happens with these free agents? Where are they going to sign? Are they going to resign with their current teams? You know, so that's going to be interesting to see where Aaron Jones ends up and where he kind of sets the bar as far as that price point is concerned.
0: Man, you're reading my mind today because I want to talk about Chris Carson and, and James Conner too. Let's jump oh, okay. In, let's jump into those guys, man. It's one mind. I'm telling you, people, it's like one mind. And I want to tell
1: all the listeners out there, there are no show notes. This literally is like Just We're kind of just spitballing off the top of our heads. Like I have no idea what he's going to say.
0: This is one head, one mind. It's unbelievable. Let's go with Chris Carson, man. Chris Carson is a free agent. Seattle has already said that they will likely move on from his talents and his abilities. I've really had a difficult time trying to pinpoint a spot for Chris Carson. Health has always been a concern. He did impress me this past season when he was in that they were, at the beginning at least, first three contests, they were using him a lot in the past game. I really like that because we hadn't seen that in his game uh, basically in his entire career. I do believe that what he did show can be replicated on another squad, whether it is giving him the heavy... I don't, I, Mid heavy workload. I don't I don't want to see him getting above 250. I think that's where his body going mm. to break down. But I mean him in the past game on a club with a quarterback, I I, I struggle to put uh, put him on a spot, but I still think he has good value.
1: I, I, I completely agree. I don't think it is that that workhorse, you know, uh, you know, kind of a role with him. But when I'm looking at a team that could probably use somebody like him, and I do think it depends on what they do with the quarterback situation. Um, I wouldn't hate Chris Carson going to the jets, to mm. be honest with you. Um, you know, Frank Gore no longer, you know, he's, he's obviously gone. You have LeMichael Michael per- uh, P Ryan there. They need a true number one running back. So I think Chris Carson could kind of be that guy without having to worry about getting a super heavy workload. Um, and, it de- and again, depending on what they do with the quarterback situation, that might be a, a interesting spot for him because I don't know where else he might go where he can get kind of a heavier workload that he might be looking for and also get the money that he's looking for.
0: Yeah, it's, man, He I, I try really hard. It's a tough one. It's almost like he has to go to a team that will give him the 1B opportunity. And I'm kind of thinking like the Raiders. I think him backing up Josh Jacobs, yes, it would suck for Jacobs owners and fantasy that he'll dip into his timeshare, but at least because we've seen the history with Josh Jacobs as well, being in the medical room more often than I would like, um, but I mean, if you pair these two up, I think you got a tandem at the running back position that you really aren't going to see a drop-off because it's not like you're saying, uh, Jacobs and, and Jalen Richard, because that's two different types of runners. I think Chris Carson and Jacobs are very, I don't want to say similar, but they share similar traits that you can scheme up whatever you want and, and not lose the production.
1: Green Bay is another team I'm looking at mm. as well. I mean, Jamal Williams is still going to be there. I'm sure they're going to be looking to involve AJ Dillon a little bit more. Um, but AJ Dillon and Chris Carson are, are two completely different you know, type of backs. So I think Chris Carson could probably go in there and again, you know, have more of like a, you know, get, get like 35, 40% of the workload and then have Jamal Williams get the, the, the larger part, AJ Dillon to get a, a larger role than what he had last year in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And You know, I mean, it's not the offense for Green Bay that's been the issue. It's really been their defense. Like they put up more points than anybody over, you know, this past season. Mm -hmm. So the fact that people are saying, oh, Green Bay needs another receiver. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice, but I don't think it's a necessity because Aaron Rodgers showed that he doesn't need that right now. Um, But if they can control the ball and play better defense, that's what's going to help improve this Packers, this Packers team.
0: That's a very interesting point as well. And dare I say another one for Chris Carson is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If Leonard Fournette does not return.
1: Yes. And I, the only thing that I would say with Tampa Bay and that option is that they have other, they have, they have other free agent needs that are, are signing re-signings that they need to prioritize on the defensive side of the ball. And they don't have a ton of cap space to work with, but you know, they're not, they're not short for money by any means. You know, so I do think that Shaq Barrett, Levante David are going to be guys that they need to worry about resigning. Um, if I'm Tampa Bay, though, I'm I'm personally fine with the running back situation with Rojo and Uncle Lenny. I'm perfectly OK with that.
0: Uncle Lenny, because
1: I just want to keep calling him Uncle Lenny.
0: <laughs> and I love Uncle Lenny. And if he stays with Tampa Bay, it'd be OK. Fantasy football wise, not so much, but we'll we'll move on. Right. James Conner. James Conner, let's talk about this man because, again, he falls into that same category as Chris Carson. We kind of dog him a little bit because of the medical history, because of his time spent in the room. Uh, the, the productivity has been there when he has been on the field. This past season was the anomaly, I think. Even when he was healthy, the production wasn't necessarily on point as we've seen in the past. And I think that had to go with how Pittsburgh was uh, utilizing him and, and how Big Ben was uh, decreasing in his mobility but I don't foresee James Conner going back to Pittsburgh and, and he is an interesting, an interesting running back. And another one that I, I really have a very difficult time. Atlanta looks like a good spot for James Conner for me.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, Pittsburgh decided that they were just not going to commit themselves to, to running the ball this past year. They were just going to, they were just going to let Ben throw the ball until his arm fell off. All right. Yeah. Um, and, and for the most part, towards the end of the season, it kind of did. Like he was just not the, not the same guy, but with James Conner, I think that Atlanta is, is fine. You know, when you look at James Conner, he's still young, he's 25 years old. So if you're looking at a team that's looking to rebuild doing that with somebody who's 25 years old, is not the worst thing in the world. Like you're still going to get another four, a four, four, probably four more seasons of productivity out of him from what we've seen from him in the past. So and somebody who also just hasn't been, because he's had the medical issues, because he hasn't had those those numbers that we saw a couple of years ago, he's not going to really require or or look for a big paycheck. So he the teams can get him at a discount, you know, and kind of be like, "All right, well, here's a contract. It's going to be really, really heavily incentive based, you know, almost like a, almost like a prove it deal, not a one year deal, but almost like a prove it deal where, all right, you show us what you can do, and then we'll pay you in the back end."
0: And 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 it's funny you say that because I think that if. Depending on how this offseason goes for my Buffalo Bills, I think it's it's not inconceivable to see James Conner wearing the Bills uniform. Only because he provides a different characteristic that the Bills do not have in the backfield. I want Buffalo to go in the direction of drafting a a Najee or a Travis Etienne. But I mean, if that doesn't come into play. I mean, I don't. I don't dislike James Connor in a Bills uniform on even a one-year deal at even like six and a half. Mm. I'd be totally fine with that. I'd be,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, he would obviously be the most talented and, and the best running back in that in that room with Singletary and Moss. Um, I mean, that that's not even a question. So, my biggest thing with if I'm if I'm James Connor, do I sign someplace for like a one-year prove it deal, you know, or if I'm 25 years old, am I looking for something a little bit more long-term? Am I I looking for three or four? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So that's just kind of where I'm thinking with him. But I also don't hate your, you know, your, your side of that, where, you know, maybe he does because of, because of that, that medical history that he's had, maybe it makes sense for him to just take that one year deal, not a ton of money, but also just absolutely crush it in 2021 and then get that big payday at, at age 26.
0: Totally. And, and, and yeah. that's kind of where I'm going. And I think, I think with the lower salary cap number, we could see a lot of these vets sign these one or two year deals in, in hopes that, you know, the cap uh, will obviously bounce back up the following season with the new money deal that they're getting for TV. Um, I, I, I think that we could see a lot of these guys take a, take a one, two year deal and with the incentive base, like you said, and excuse me and then you know see what where the chips fall the following season but yeah those those two running backs i mean free agency is definitely coming and, and those two running backs we're going to see a lot of uh, hype on them coming in the coming weeks uh, just wanted to kind of you know touch point there you see uh, alshon jeffrey hey the the news on alshon jeffrey we talked about this we knew this was coming but i mean yep god the philadelphia eagles and their mismanagement of their salary cap in these contracts, I was, I was going through it. I'm doing all those team workbooks right now. And I, and I took a peek at the, the Eagles. I haven't done their workbook yet, but good Lord almighty is that thing horribly incentive based. It's, they're going to have dead cap for the next like five years, the way they're going. million is the dead cap for Alshon Jeffrey, which obviously post June 1st designation can be spread over two years. So I think the first year hit is like four and a half. And then the remaining balance goes over into the next season. But man, oh man, what are the Eagles doing right now?
1: I'm telling you, man, if you looked up in the dictionary, if there was a term in the dictionary that just had bad contracts, you would see the Philadelphia Eagles logo plastered right there front and center because, good God, between Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey, like these guys are just throwing money at people left and right, and most of them just don't end up working out.
0: You're paying now. If you think about it this way, Alshon signs with another team, Carson's playing with the Colts. Whoever else they decide to cut, you are legit paying these players to play against you in 2021. And, yeah. and 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 subsequently in 2022 because the dead cap goes over two years depending on uh, release designation. But good God! But I mean, it's the right move. Alshon's. Uh, I, I I don't want to go as far as to say he's washed, but I mean, I'm almost there. Um, you you think he's at that point too?
1: I'm I'm there, and and it's funny because so I was <laughs> I contributed uh, this offseason to uh, a few different like fantasy pros articles, and one of them was. Um, you know who is your, uh, your 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 sleeper at each position for the season, and mine compared to where I had him ranked compared to his his ADP at the moment was Alshon Jeffrey, <laughs> and holy crap did I whiff on that!
0: Yeah. And
1: the reason for that was it was all about if he could stay healthy. And I said and I I said it in, in my piece that if he could stay healthy, he has a chance to exceed his, his current ADP by leaps and bounds. Now, granted, he didn't stay healthy because. It's Alshon Jeffrey. He just doesn't say healthy over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're absolutely correct. Like this is somebody who I mean, he, I mean, God, he burned me. I didn't draft him in any leagues, but I'm, I, I want to say that I'm done with him. I, I don't want to say he's washed, but he'll never see my roster in any fantasy league ever.
0: Uh, and and you weren't wrong with the assessment based on ADP because he came into camp looking at like he was in full health, and then that foot again, his groin—I mean, everything soft tissue. I just—it
1: was like a Mister Potato Head, just it taking was... pieces off of him. Nothing could stay on. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
0: That's it, man. And he he make a couple plays here and there, and he's back sitting on the sidelines with another injury. So. I mean, it's such a difficult thing with Alshon Jeffrey and I hope, you know, he gets, you know, I I think he will get another deal somewhere else, but I think his position has to change. Obviously he's always been that possessional type wide receiver, but now it's going to be even less than that. I think it's going to be red zone opportunities at best, maybe the third down possession on a third and four. Um, But outside of that, I don't see Alshon Jeffrey really contributing much to any team and, and I even wonder if he's going to even find himself on a roster in 2021.
1: I think he will. And unfortunately, and I, I might get a lot of flack for this, but I don't care. I'm, I'm three old fashions and a beer deep right now, so I'm just going to say it. <laughs> but if, he, if this particular player doesn't stay healthy and doesn't produce more on the field, he's going to turn into the next Alshon Jeffrey, and that's Mr. Sammy Watkins. Oh, Sammy Al- Watkins could be the next Alshon Jeffrey. And I don't, I'm, I'm okay with saying that.
0: Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And I think he, he already is to be the same right now. They're one and the same. It's the Spider-Man yeah. gif or gif of uh Spider-Man's pointing at each other. I mean. <sighs> All the talent. I mean, I remember Alshon when he was in Chicago and he was even with Jay Cutler, they were they were doing some damage. That was the Alshon Jeffrey that I remember. And I think we're we're trying to live in the past a little bit and, and keep that persona of, of that type of wide receiver. But he just isn't the same guy anymore. No. Richard Sherman. How are you feeling about Richard Sherman these days? He's a free agent. He's coming up for contract. He's to me. I got issues with Richard Sherman. Okay, uh, only because you need to air some
1: grievances. <laughs> it's,
0: it's almost to the point where I'm going to air some grievances on Mr. Richard Sherman. But I mean, I respect the guy. I respect him for his opinions. I think he's a very intelligent man. I think he knows yes. exactly what he talks about. He he thinks it through. Do I agree with all of his opinions? No, I do not. But I mean, I, I still respect the fact that he's an intelligent guy and he thinks it all through. I really wonder if there's anything left on those legs i i really do he got cooked so many times and in that bills game i mean or did he he didn't play in that bills game i i I shouldn't say that but richard sherman we saw him get cooked so many times this past season yes he was playing injured but really even on a low rent deal he's got to be looking for a super bowl contender to just provide some Mm -hmm. sound coverage ability if that's a word coverage ability but where he's now it is now. I just made it. Hashtag coverage ability. Where do you think he's going, man?
1: So I, wanted, I want to touch on Richard Sermon a little bit. It's, it's interesting to kind of see his, the, the drastic or dramatic change that we've seen. Because if you look at what he did in 2019, he was still a, a top caliber cornerback. Like he was, he was playing very, very well in 2019. And then last year comes around, and you're absolutely right. He just wasn't the same player. And so I'm wondering what happened between 2019 and 2020. And I'm not going to chalk it up to age because you don't, you don't make that big of a drop just due to age. So, you know, maybe it was because of COVID, maybe it's just another anomaly where you chalk it up to COVID and, you know, no training camp and, you know, no, no mini camps or anything like that. Um, But I do think with Richard Sherman, I, he's not somebody where, I don't know if I'd put him in the same category of, of like a, of a Patrick Peterson, where I would be moving him to safety. You know like where we talked about that last week. Yep, but I do think Sherman is somebody that you can. You definitely have to keep him on one side of the field, but make sure that he's not lined up with a faster receiver. Like you know, because he can get burned in that situation. So I think that at this point in Sherman's career, he may, he may need to be more flexible. I know I just said to keep him on one side of the field, but he may need to be more flexible as far as matching up with a quote unquote slower receiver. And if that doesn't work, then then yeah maybe he does need to go the route of Patrick Peterson and move himself to safety because he still has phenomenal instincts mm-hmm. like he's such a smart player a smart person like you mentioned just before that he still belongs on an NFL roster and as a starting NFL you know play, secondary player um, but again i just i don't know what happened between 2019 and 2020 because it was like looking at a different player between those two years
0: yeah absolutely and i mean for me i mean I I I really struggle to believe that Sherman could do the Peterson, like we're saying if Peterson goes to safety, if he makes that transition. I struggled with it because Sherman is is primarily his best when they're playing the cover two, the cover three. He's a he's a zone guy. And 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 I really like we even saw when San Fran tried like to to do any type of man to man coverage, he just he wasn't able to do it anymore. And like you're saying, any receiver with speed is just going flying right past him. And if he's not having that safety help, I mean it's it's game over. But I mean, his statistics say it all. I mean, I can't, I can't dog the man for what he's done because he's been one of the best uh, statistical uh, corners, cover corners in the entire league for what the past five or six years. So, I mean, the the proof is there. I just think that we're we're seeing the point of of dissension, and 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 you're gonna see. Uh, it, it, I'd be shocked to see if a team really ponies up the dough to get Richard Sherman on the team outside of leadership and and bring in the qualities of winning to a club to to, to be that staple. I think if you're paying Richard Sherman for anything now, that's kind of what you're paying him for.
1: No, I, I completely agree. And I well, I will say this. I don't think that where he is at his in his career, I really don't think that um like they're they're actually going to be. He's, he's not going to be commanding a big contract, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I just, I just, don't, think, I just don't think that's really what's going to be happening. Um, so I do think he needs to go to a team that runs primarily a zone defense. Um, and I think a team that actually could probably use him and, and really benefit from, you know, not only his leadership, but also his abilities in that zone defense would be a team like the New England Patriots. Mm. And I say that because they run a lot of zone defense. Um, you know, they're, they're one of those teams where they like to do They like to really rush with their front four, you know, even blitz with their linebackers. Um, but also at the same time, you know, they'll bring those linebackers back into coverage and really use that secondary to play more zone coverage. So whether it's a cover two cover three, um, hell it could be, it could be a cover four umbrella kind of a scenario.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's a scenario where Richard Sherman could really thrive because you do have players, you know, up front that can really rush the passer. Um, and it's going to be interesting, to see, and I, I just met, I just touched on the Patriots because they had two or three of their top defensive players last year opt out because of COVID, right. and they get those players back this year. Um, now, granted, who knows what they're, what, what they're going to do with noodle arm can Newton. Jared Stidham has been practicing with Jordan Palmer this offseason. Um, so it would be interesting to see what that team does, but I do think that, that Richard Sherman would benefit from a team that primarily plays a zone defense, especially – You know, teams that like to play that cover two, cover three, like you mentioned.
0: And that's a great situation for him specifically, because I think he has a mutual respect with Bill Belichick. I think they understand each other playing with Steph Gilmore. If Gilmore stays on the club, which I think he will, I don't think I think the trade rumors are a little bit uh, over the top. I think Gilmore is going to remain if you pair him up with with Gilmore, I, I like that. I, I really do. Gilmore is like that Revis Island that he can take away half the field and you're leaving Sherman to play his zones and then you get the safeties to cover out the bases. I I, I like that a lot. And,
1: and don't and don't forget the, the young guy, JC Jackson, who had a exactly. phenomenal year this past year. So between the three of them, and then you get Patrick Chung back with the McCordy twins, mm. absolutely.
0: Yeah, very good. I like that as well. Speaking of your boy, Cam Newton, I was watching that show Brandon Marshall does uh, with uh, Ocho Cinco. I can't remember the name of it. And and they had Cam on the on the show and, and I found it interesting. They were kind of pressing him and he was saying, you know, I don't I don't want to go out this way. Cam was saying. And they said, so where are you going? What are you doing? And then they start poking him and they say, Washington, what about Washington? And they start kind of up in the ante saying, you know, well, how do you feel about this kid, Terry? And and Ocho almost fell off his chair and he was like, oh, man, that kid's got some juice. I love this guy. Cam Newton to Washington, I really don't hate. When they started talking about it, the light bulb kind of flickered a little bit, and I said, you know, I really don't dislike that. A reunion with Ron Rivera, you know, he gets uh, gets Terry in there, and you got Cam Sims, you got Gibson, you got this team building in the right direction. I don't hate it.
1: I don't like it. I mean, I just, I, I don't, and I, I really do like Cam Newton. I think he's a good person. I think that he's you know, he, he was a great quarterback, like he really was. Um, but until he gets that, whatever is going on with his shoulder,
0: mm.
1: like, I don't know if it's ever going to get better, unfortunately. And if it doesn't, then he is a, he's, he's a backup quarterback, unfortunately, like he's not somebody that's going to win you football games. Um, and I, and I say that because, I mean, he, he was, the Patriots won seven games last, last season. Okay. Cam Newton was the reason of winning that game like in like one or two of them, like they won most of those games because of their running game and their defense. Like it wasn't because of cam Newton, like he he did everything he could to throw away those games by turning the ball over. And that's what worries me in Washington is that they have a great defense. They have a really good, you know, especially their front four is absolutely phenomenal. They have good young pieces on offense, but they need someone that's going to be able to push the ball downfield to sustain drives, to convert on third down and to not turn the ball over. And unfortunately, Cam Newton just doesn't check those boxes anymore like he used to.
0: No, I can't argue it. I mean, I was, I, w- I was, I was believing the hype. For, because-
1: for nostalgic reasons, it's yes. a beautiful, beautiful yes. story.
0: Right. And it tried to sell it properly, but you, you put me in my place because it's truth. And I, I mean, we've talked about Cam's shoulder. I've been very critical on Cam's shoulder, his throwing arm, his throwing motion in general. I mean... You know what it is it's 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 my problem right now that scary Terry doesn't have a damn quarterback and I mean he's proven that he's he's QB proof get this man a passer please this season get him somebody that can get him the ball with consistency Perhaps it's the the Justin Fields effect, maybe he goes to Washington, maybe Cam comes in as a mentor. Maybe they continue because I don't I don't foresee Alex Smith being on this roster given his cap, his cap hitting low dead cap number. I think I think Alex Smith is out the door, unfortunately. I mean, his story was fantastic coming back from the broken leg, but I mean, this this is one of those situations if if Ron Rivera really believes that Cam can be that type of mentor for a guy like Justin Fields. I mean, maybe that's where we see it and and like you're saying to that point. Because uh, you you did pose that question to me a while back. Do you see Cam Newton being a starter in this league again? And I also agreed, and I said no. And and maybe this is kind of what we what we see is maybe you know a little bit of changing of the guard and and a little mentorship coming from Cam.
1: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if what Washington does with you know with their first round pick, um, because there are, I mean there there are free agents out there that they could look at. You know, veteran free agents that they could look at to either be. If they wanted to go the stopgap, you know, route, they could go with somebody like a Jameis Winston. Mm. You know, I think he's somebody that could kind of go in there. Mitchell Trubisky is another option because yeah. those are guys that can push the ball down the field. Um, I think that Terry McLaurin and you know Stephen Sims and Cam Sims, Logan Thomas could be big beneficiaries from guys like that. So I think with with Washington, instead of drafting a instead of drafting a quarterback and trying to start over again, I would almost be willing to bring in somebody that just knows the NFL game. That is more proven in the NFL right now. And then worry about building, you know, continue building that defense. That's what I would really be doing in the draft is worry about that defense, build that up as best you can and use free agency to kind of build around those offensive pieces that you might be missing.
0: That's a great formula as well, because build to your strength. I mean, you saw what they could do. They put, they shut down so many teams. And, and they're just on the ups, too. So, I mean, I don't hate that whatsoever. But, you know, in my ultimate scheme, if they're going to be going towards the draft to select somebody, I want Justin Fields on this team. I want them to go get Kenny Galladay. And, 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 and then we can all just sit back and watch the fireworks. And glory happen because I think it would. But now I'm you know
1: I just want to see an NFC East team finish above 500. OK, that's just all I want. That's
0: it. It's not. It's not a big wish, man. Nine and seven. That's all we need.
1: But oh, I'll five, take. I'll take eight and eight at this point. I'll take five hundred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that division. That division is garbage. Little fantasy football talk. I wanted to talk about Mr. James Washington a little bit because hmm. he doesn't get enough press for what he does. Yes, he has been somewhat inconsistent, but he has shown that flash. He has uh, shown the juice. I like him I, I I since he came out of the draft, I liked him. I mean um with with Juju kind of likely out from Pittsburgh. I don't see him returning based on the the contract. he's gonna want to resign. We did see unfortunately again, Big Ben had a meeting with the ownership group and apparently they're saying it's going very well and I'm just oh my God, just get over it already. Let's make a let's, decision. make a decision, get him out let's let's be done with this, but no more juju um as I'm assuming. It's got to be Deontay. It's got to be James Washington moving forward with Chase uh, or, or Claypool. What are you thinking about James Washington this season with Ben and perhaps maybe with someone else if Ben doesn't return?
1: Yeah, I mean, you still have Deontay Johnson. You still have Chase Claypool, obviously. Um, so James Washington would be that number three guy. And, you know, in the games this, this season, um, you know, where Washington got some run, you know, he was able to get some targets. He was a fantasy, you know, darling in those games. He really did. He started to produce. And if he is that solidified number three guy, then absolutely. He's somebody that you can get in, you know, I'd say he'd be a wide receiver that you can get in like the, you know, the the teens, you know, for your, for your draft, like maybe round 14, 15, whatever it may be, maybe a little bit earlier if you want to kind of reach. But um, I think a lot of it will depend also on that quarterback situation. You know, who's going to be the quarterback and under center for the Steelers, um, that's going to be an interesting question because we, we all know what happened, you know, a couple of years ago when Roethlisberger went out with that elbow injury mm. and we saw Mason Rudolph, we saw Doug Hodges in there and it was just an absolute disaster. James Washington, he did do okay because he had that relationship with Hodges, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't mind James Washington as a fantasy, you know, product for 2021
0: yeah, I'm. 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 The more I, I look into his stats, the more I look into what he would do well. I'm. I'm getting more and more excited about James Washington. Like even even if Big Ben re- returns to the team, because I mean they're gonna throw his arm off completely anyway. You know they're gonna throw him 500 times again this next season if he does return, right? With no Juju, that's basically Deontay's spot. Now I think Deontay gets kicked into Juju's spot. I think Chase is going to still have his role on the outside, and now the opposite outside is going to be James. I I, I really like it a lot. I think he's going to have, add a different dynamic to this club because with Deontay and Juju, you kind of had the same type of one A one B better slot route presence, uh, and and I think that's kind of what hampered them this this past season is because they didn't understand how to utilize both those talents at the same time. Even though we did see decent production from both of them, Deontay obviously more than Juju, but I mean. I I think James Washington could be one of those guys that we're talking about that you're picking up, like you said, in the twelfth to fourteenth round potentially. And and he's gonna be on your roster the entire time and you're flirting with putting him in your flex all, all week long or all season long.
1: I was just gonna say he probably would be that, you know, that borderline wide receiver three flex position for you. Absolutely.
0: So we're talking about the Lions, too. And there, there's one guy that's flying under the radar right now that the fantasy community definitely, definitely needs to keep an eye on. Depending this, this again, it's still early, but depending, the caveat is, is who's returning and who isn't. But Quintez Cephas, I like this kid. I, I think he's got a lot of talent under his belt. I think that they, they tried to unleash him a little bit last year in Detroit. We saw him play very well. I believe that one contest that he played very well in, he had like, God knows like 14 targets and you'd have to look up the stat for me to confirm that. But I mean, it was, it was definitely a heavy target share in that one contest. He did impress me. And then as the season progressed, he was starting to get more playing time. I don't dislike Quintez Cephas even with Jared Goff, because they're going to have to throw to somebody. And if they don't ramp up what's in this receiver room, this off season, I mean, Cephas could be one of these sneaky guys as well.
1: Yeah. Like you said, he's going to have to be, you know, Kenny Galladay is free agent. Marvin Jones is a free agent. So it's going to be Cephas. Um, I believe maybe, I don't know if Marvin Hall is a is a free agent or not. Yeah. I think he's gone too. Um, and then you have, I think James Agnew. So I, yeah, absolutely. Cephas is going to have all the opportunity in the world if these other guys don't return. So I'm, I'm perfectly okay with, again, him being a lesser version of, of a, of a James Washington, maybe even more. Mm. So I think that he's somebody you can also put into your wide receiver three slash flex position because I mean, if he is, if he's getting eight targets a game, you know, he's going to have some sort of production.
0: So, based on lack, no, how do I say this? Instead of basing it on production, how do you feel about his skill set overall?
1: I'm okay with his skill set, to be honest with you. Um, and he was somebody who, you know, actually in certain games of this past season, I would throw him into a DFS lineup, you know, because I knew that if he had the opportunity, you know, especially with Kenny Galladay out, like there were some games where he was almost that number two option opposite of Marvin Jones. You know, a lot of people were talking about, you know, TJ Hawkinson, but, but Cephas was kind of like that next guy up. So I'm perfectly okay with the skill set. It's going to be a matter of, you know, what is his snap share going to be and how many targets he's going to get? Is he going to get those opportunities? Because if he does, he's going to make something happen
0: i agree i i i like it he's he's definitely on my watch list right now everyone keep an eye on this guy i think we'll we'll see obviously the landscape is gonna uh, make it more clear as the weeks go by but this is an early one for me i like quintess cephas a lot speaking of the lions we saw kyle almost lose a gasket about if the lions draft kyle pitts i'm all for it i if, if on draft day they take Kyle Pitts, man, I think Kyle's going to retire from all fantasy football and, and football in general.
1: I'm not going to lie. I really kind of hope that they do draft Kyle Pitts. <laughs> and like, for fantasy purposes, I absolutely do not want that to happen because they have TJ Hawkinson. Right. But just to watch Kyle's reaction live <laughs> when that happens would be absolute gold. <laughs> but I will say this: like I and we talked about this in our chat. Like people are really just hyping up Kyle Pitts to to know it. And I am a hundred percent, a hundred percent Kyle Pitts truth. I've been I've been talking this guy up all year long, and I absolutely love him. I love his skill set. Me too. Um, they're not going to move him to wide receiver. Like let's let's be honest, that, that's not the smart decision for them to do. Tight end is where he belongs because that's where he can create the most mismatches against opposing defenses. Um, he's phenomenal in the red zone his route running definitely needs to be a little bit more polished. He's not a phenomenal blocker. You know, he's not that Rob Gronkowski, uh, George Kittle type where he can do the best of both worlds block and receive. Mm -hmm. Um, He is definitely more of kind of like that, that Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey mold. So for me, Kyle Pitts is going to be an absolute fantasy darling. Um, Actually an article that I wrote last year was targeted on rookie tight ends. And you know, when they actually start to break out and they didn't, Rookie tight ends, they don't actually break out until their second or third year in the league. That's when they really start to become a top 10, top 12 fantasy tight end in the NFL. Uh, Evan Engram was actually the only one to do it over the last 15 years to actually crack the top 12 of rookie tight ends. So, yeah, is Pitt's going to be a high pick? Is he going to be a top 10 pick? Probably, but don't expect very much from him. I probably won't be drafting him. Maybe it's a tight end, too, you know, to have a backup tight end, but he certainly won't be my everyday starter.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm all on board with Kyle Pitts too. I mean, he is uh, being talked heavily right now in circles from other analysts as well. But I mean, when you dive in, you hit, you hit the nail on the head because the blocking is also a concern for me. I I'm not sold that he can be on the line and and understand his, his assignments all the time. He reminds me of a better OJ Howard, better um, Irv Smith. Like he's in that type of athletic freakish ability. I think he's even above that. I want to even say by a large margin, I think that he can be one of those guys that will take over a game on his own. I I think it will eventually get there and we have to keep in mind, he's only 20 years old, right? So, I mean, there's still a lot of growth and maturity to happen on this guy, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I think with the right position or with the right team and putting him in the right position, I think the, the sky's the limit for Kyle Pitts. I mean, uh, and I agree with you. I mean, just to see Kyle's reaction, if Detroit was to do this, I think I would, <laughs> that would be it for me, man. I could, I could die a happy man after that one. But I mean, if, if he does get teamed up with it, cause it was the same problem with Irv Smith. I, I liked Irv Smith a lot and he's going to be one of my, my breakout guys coming this year as well. But I mean, when you, when you have Kyle Rudolph taking away the snap share from him when he first came, it limits the growth that these tight ends can have and, and putting Pitts on a team with another established tight end I think is going to be a disservice to him this season.
1: I'm going to put this out there right now. When Kyle Pitts gets drafted, um, like when we start adding rookies into our dynasty rankings, mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is going to be in my top five dynasty tight end rankings. I'm just putting it out there right now. Wow.
0: That's some confidence yeah. in the man. I like it though. Speaking of dynasty games, Ooh. dynasty games, dynasty games. We about to play some dynasty games.
1: All we need is a really good like beat behind that, and we're fine.
0: We're you good. Know, I think I created it properly this time. I'm not good. They're gonna kick me
1: out. We'll get. We'll get. We'll get Mac to be your hype man. You'll be fine. <laughs>
0: yeah, Mac. Where are you, man? I need you. <laughs> cam sims this is going to be a little different though because these are these are low feeders man so this is going to be some interesting stuff because i still think there's value here but they're not going to be on everyone's radar in high regard but they're on mine cam sims or Jalen guyton
1: i'm going cam sims
0: no you're not
1: i am i am i really liked what i saw from cam sims uh, last season like You and I both were talking up Stephen Sims Jr. so much, mm-hmm. um, and we just kind of forgot about Cam Sims a little bit, and then he Cam Sims just emerged above Stephen Sims, really solidified himself as that number two guy in Washington. You know, I'm not talking about Logan Thomas because we're tight end. We're talking about just receivers. Yep. Behind McLaurin, it was Cam Sims. And for me, yeah, ab- absolutely, because when you look at the Chargers, you have Keenan Allen, you have Terrell Williams, like, and then there's Guyton. You know, how many opportunities is he really going to get? Now, they're going to lose Hunter Henry most likely, but for me, I'm going to to take Sims over Guyton.
0: And it's so difficult to argue. The only reason why, because Guyton is that speedster. He reminds me of a Kenny Stills with more ability. Playing with Justin Herbert, playing on this offense with uh, Mike Williams, who just can't stay healthy, new coaching staff, I think that if Guyton can steal this job, you're still going to have your Keenan Allen's over the middle, but you need that field burner. And it sucks because I like both these guys a lot for fantasy football. I love the potential. I'm edging slightly, slightly to Guyton right now, but I mean, I still got to go with you. Cam Sims, he, he showed it, man. We we just picked the wrong Sims. Yeah. I mean, I think. We, yeah,
1: we, we got the last name right.
0: Yeah, we got 50% of it, right? I mean, it's still a Sims, man. We got a Sims.
1: But I will say this to all the uh, all the listeners out there. uh, Chouse was on Jalen Guyton before a lot of other people. Like he was talking about Jalen Guyton before Jalen Guyton, like actually emerged and had, you know, was on anyone else's radar. So big props to Chouse for that.
0: Appreciate that. Yeah, man. And Guyton, he was I, I forgot to stab, but he was a league leader, I believe, in deep shots. This season so I mean it's definitely something to keep Under your hat I think it's Going to be role specific like you're saying I mean Target share could be a problem but but if He carves out a decent role in This Chargers team I like it a lot I Really
1: because Mike Williams is also someone that loves That deep ball he he's usually top 10 In the league in a dot so You know they have those two field stretchers Yeah, absolutely
0: LaVisca or Mims I'm going LaVisca Oh it's Got to be the Trevor Lawrence
1: um, effect. Oh, absolutely, it is. Um, and it's also because if the Jets still have Sam, Sam Darnold, that's it's also kind of that effect as well. But,
0: I, but I thought I convinced <laughs> you on Sam Darnold already.
1: Um, I, I'm going, I'm going LaVisca. I loved him coming out of college. It was the injuries that really kind of worried me a little bit from him. Um, but yeah, you put LaVisca with, with Trevor Lawrence, and I think LaVisca is a is is a wide receiver three in in dynasty formats. He is definitely top thirty five, top forty.
0: Yeah, and I can't I can't argue it. I mean, we didn't see enough from Mims to to even really really. We can't even poke holes in his game because there was no game to dissect. Really, I mean, that's just how how bad it was this past season. Yeah, Laviska for me if he is going to be the primary slot guy for the Jags with Trevor Lawrence, sign me up. I'm, I'm all in. If if you give him legitimate shot to be that slot presence every single time or coming even out of the backfield, I, I'm with LaVisca because with that ball in his hand, he is li- literally like a 200 pound running back coming full bore with the ball in his hand. He's just, he's amazing that way. Yeah. And I will
1: say that I actually, I only have LaVisca. There are only five other wide receivers that I have in between lavisca and denzel mims so it's not like it's head and shoulders kind of a difference it's
0: it's close for me yeah okay this one's kind of i don't even know why i put this on here but i'm gonna do it anyway richie james or valdez scantling (laughs) what (laughs) you like that i
1: do because it was literally the last comparison that i expected but I'm gonna go with MVS. I know he has his, his drop issues. You know, he's somebody that just has an issue holding on to the football. Um, and Richie James, is, for me, Richie James is more of a specialty receiver. You know, he's somebody that just hasn't really carved out a role in that offense yet. Um, and MVS actually has. He's definitely you know that guy that's right after Alan Lazard, um, but he's still that number three guy. And I do think with with, with San Francisco with Jalen Hurd coming back, I think that might certainly hurt, you know, the playing time and snap share that Richie James might get. So for me, I'm going to go with MPS there.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's a safer play, no doubt. You know what, you know what, why I put Richie on here was because of that game he exploded on when he was given the target share. Mm. I, I really believe I'm, you know, me, I'm, I'm all on board with Kyle Shanahan. I think he's an absolute offensive genius mastermind. And when you got Brandon, Ayuk, you, got Debo Samuel. Kendrick Bourne is, is likely parting his ways from the San Francisco 49ers ship this season. Richie James is still under contract. So if you're putting these guys together, I just, I get it. I mean, target share is going to be the one, but you're, you're not wrong. Valdez is the way to go at this point. Last one, but not least Travis Fulgham or Scotty Miller.
1: It's That's cool. tough because like, if you, if you had asked me like first half of the season, Travis Fulgham right. against Scotty Miller, it right. wouldn't have even been close. But if we're talking like the last six to eight games of the season, then I'm taking Scotty Miller by landslide because Philadelphia just decided to not even consider Travis Fulgham as an option as the, as the season progressed, which just blew my mind. Um, I mean, Carson Wenson and, and Travis Fulgham was just a match made in heaven. And then even, even the last few games that Carson Wentz started, it just, he was a non-factor. Um, so for, for me, I'm probably, I'm probably going to lean Scotty Miller. And I say that just because of the relationship that he has with, with Tom Brady. You know, you have Chris Godwin, who's most likely on his way out. He might not come back with the team. So in that sense, you know, Scotty Miller moves into that number two, number three role. You know, Tyler Johnson's probably going to get an uptick in targets, obviously. So it's going to be Mike Evans, Tyler Johnson, and Scotty Miller. Yeah, give me Scotty Miller with, with the GOAT under center. Yeah,
0: okay. I'm with that. I'm with that. As soon as you said Tyler Johnson, I'm just like, I forget. You. <laughs> I even forget the question that I had because you said Tyler Johnson. I'm all in. <sighs> but that's all I got, buddy. That's all I got.
1: Don't, you know, we're going to have uh, for all the listeners out there. When we do these dynasty games, we're going to have a little a little something something for you. Don't you worry.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a little something, little something. Okay. Well, we'll close that out. Let them, let them ponder on that for a little while. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH one. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy, three, one, eight. Give us a follow. Give us a follow to all the supporters. We truly appreciate you. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.